All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to episode 125, the playoff preview edition of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger alongside Frank Saravalli. And I'm not going to lie, Frank, I am amped up for the playoffs. I can't wait for uh, the first puck drop tonight to Boston and Carolina. The first game get going at, uh, well, let's be honest, who knows what time it is? 7.08, 7.10, 7.12 is no clue what time the game starts, but we know it's after seven Eastern time. How are you doing? I am good. Yeah. Take this schedule and shoot it right into my veins every other day, every series. So you don't have any wacky two off days. Everyone's dealing with the same thing, no matter what. I love it. Uh, I'm so excited to get this rolling. It feels like we've been building to this for months now. And, you know, especially after a a relatively drama free Eastern conference, it's going to be bananas to watch the Atlantic division slug fest. And then, see what's going on in the West. If there's any upsets at 203 days since uh, opening day of the, uh, the regular season, it's obviously been a little bit longer due to COVID delays. And then uh, of course the Olympic break and everything else, but uh, we're finally here and I'm pumped about it. There's lots of storylines I want to get to Frank. So uh, let, let's dive right in and let's start in the Atlantic division where you have the president's trophy, the number one seed, the, Florida Panthers taking on the Washington Capitals and also potentially the return of Aaron Ekblad in game one. Yeah, it's Ekblad 
got a little Nars trophy love for me. I, I put him in on the last and fifth spot on my ballot because I just felt like his season and how good it was needed to be recognized. 57 points in 61 games, a guy that really has become a complete defenseman. And there's been a lot of up and downs in his career, ups and downs uh, specifically with regard to injury. And now this is just sort of one more spot that he needs to overcome. The Panthers have some question marks potentially in net with their goaltending. I've seen tons of social media criticism about, about Sergei Bobrovsky and playoff Bob. Uh, I think maybe that's the only focal point for the Panthers aside from Ekblad coming back, because otherwise this team is just an absolute juggernaut offensively. Oh yeah. That, that to me is, is what separates him. I actually had Mackenzie Weger on my uh, Norris ballot late. Uh, the, the teammate of uh, Aaron Ekblad. So um, there's two guys who obviously you get them both in the lineup. And, you know, even if Ekblad's going to need a few games to, you know, to get up to speed, I just, I like the offensive depth of the Florida Panthers. It's the best in the NHL. Um, I understand the concerns about goaltending, but the problem is, does Washington have goaltending that makes you say, wow, we think our goalies no. are going to out, uh, out duel uh, Florida. That, and that's why I just Washington to me, this was a, this is a bad matchup uh, for the Washington capitals. Uh, I think they're a little bit older of a team against just a, the deepest group. If it's not Florida, then it's probably St. Louis one to nine, as far as forwards go. And I just Huberdo has been on fire, but Barkoff in this series, Frank, I, I think he's going to be a massive uh, difference maker for the Florida Panthers. He always is. I mean, that guy shows up to play every time. It may not, you know, the, the biggest impact may not be on the score sheet necessarily, but his complete game is what's really going to help the Panthers when it comes to playoff time. Um, my concern for the caps is really, they've been all over the place. You mentioned their age and in some ways that experience can be valuable having won a Stanley cup previously. Um, they're not going to be a team that I think is going to be easily rattled, but I just, I, I really thought that they were hitting their stride in like mid April. They seem to be a team that was kind of putting it all together at the exact right time. And then their last 10 days or two weeks of the season were so disappointing. They looked lifeless at times. Um, I just don't see this team having the ability to flip the switch and get back to the group that they were for stretches this season. I don't know if there's been a more confounding team in the NHL this season in terms of, you know, the different shades of it that we've seen. You might be able to argue the Oilers, but I think the Caps have been way more Jekyll and Hyde than that. And going up against a team like the Panthers, there's just no room for error. There's no margin for error. So I've got the Panthers in six but I could see it being a shorter series than that. Yeah. I have the Panthers in five. I look, you know, they got nine, 15 goal scores. They got 10, 40 point players on that team. They're, they're the number one offense. And if, if we go by goals against, I understand the concern about that, but Florida and Washington were exactly tied in goals against per game in the regular season at 2.95. The difference was the, uh, the Florida Panthers scored almost a full goal a game more, but I will say this, Frank, it's going to be a high scoring series. Uh, all these games uh, the, this year, the, the three head to head match, Matchups. Uh, they were all lot five, four, five, four, four, three games. And uh, I, I think you're going to see uh, whatever the over is in a lot of the games, Frank, or sorry, the line, I'd be taking the over, but I'll take the Panthers in five and uh, the over in, in probably 80% of the games. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is there any avenue for an upset for the caps? I don't see it. I just Florida, they've got a long playoff drought, Frank. 
I don't see any way they extend their playoff drought this year. I'm not saying like now, granted, I admit it. I picked Florida at the start of the season to, to win the cup. So I'm, uh, I'm riding the Panther and I, I will continue that. I think the Panthers are going to go on a deep run, obviously. And that once you get later in the series, you get against the better teams, it's harder, but I think Washington's a really good matchup for Florida in the first round to maybe get rid of some of those uh, postseason jitters, you know, because Barkoff and Huberto and Ekba, they've never won a playoff series. I I'm with you. I I'm just, I, I spent the entire weekend saying to myself, okay, no one saw the Columbus blue jackets coming in 2019. No was one. And it was a sweep. So like, yeah. what is there a series this year in which one of the first round series in which one of the massive favorites, you know, may just not see it coming. I think so. And we'll get to that later. Okay. I do think All there right. is one for me. Is there for okay. you? Um, not in the first round. Okay. Well, but I, I think have a, in the second. I have a number, I have a top seed in a division losing. So we'll get okay. to that. All right. Well, let's go to so the let's go to the Leafs and Lightning. Now, this is a series, Frank, that um obviously you've got the two-time defending champs. And it's it's hard to pick against the two-time defending champs mm-hmm. when the opposition is a team that in the last and I'm a big believer, Frank. I, I look at season numbers, but then I really dig in on the last few months of the season because I think that's more uh what a team does in October, I don't think has as much impact as what a team does in March and April. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, they can score with anyone. They uh you want to get run and gun, they will match you, no problem. The challenge is Jack Cam- in the last three months has a save percentage under 900. The, uh, the Maple Leafs are 23rd in the NHL in goals against since February 1st. And now you're going up against a Tampa team where even if you think, okay, we'll tighten it up. Yeah. But is Campbell going to match Vasilevsky in goal? Right. I think Toronto's, this is the worst possible first round matchup for the Leafs. Honestly, believe that I, they, they would have much rather have Boston. Even I know Boston's beat them the last few years, but I just think this is a terrible matchup for Toronto. Victor Hedman, McDonough, Cernak, that huge hulking blue line in Tampa Bay. I don't see how Toronto is going to outscore their poorest defense in this series. I don't know that we could see this any differently. Um, Obviously, uh, it's hard to pick against the two-time defending champs for a, a lot of reasons. You, you hit on some of them. I think this is actually the best matchup that mm. the Leafs could have asked for. Okay, how come? Purely mentally. If they play against the Boston Bruins in round one, they're the favorite. They're supposed to win the series. They're carrying all the weight that they've had of these last five years. And it's overwhelming. I think not to mention the collapses that they've had against the Bruins, the lightning, no one's really not to say that they're not expecting them to win. They're not being picked often to win. Yeah. And they're sort of at this point playing with house money in the sense that if you lose, there's no shame in it really for the Leafs. And like, I don't think there's going to be some massive overhaul where they start firing people from their front office into the sun. I just don't see it on paper. The Leafs have been just as good as the lightning this season. And I feel like the big question mark you mentioned in net, you kind of cherry picked some of the numbers. I feel like on Jack Campbell, because he missed a month. And since he came back to close out the season, he went seven Oh and two with a nine fifteen. I mean, 
if the Leafs, if you look at the Leafs record this season, when they get 900 goaltending or better, it's like through the roof. Their, their big wall that they hit was because Jack Campbell played a, a significant stretch and, and Peter Morazic did at like 875, 880. You, you can't win. You can't even come close to that. So their record with 900 or better has been unreal. They're not asking Jack Campbell to be 915, although he showed that for the last month of the season. I think if they just get average goaltending from Jack Campbell, that they're going to be very competitive. And I have the Leafs winning in six. All right. I love it. Well, if we all agree to be boring as hell, um, I, I guess my, my concern is just, I look at Toronto's defense and I look at Tampa's defense and, and, and I think Tampa Bay's defense and especially the last few years in the postseason. Now, now maybe this year offense is up uh, significantly across the board. Uh, maybe that continues in the postseason. But I just I look at Andre Vasilevsky, man, come playoff time in Tampa Bay. And, um, you know, you talked about the 2019 Lightning when they lost. Hedman was a shadow. He only played two games. He was hurt. That's when he got walked by David Savard, of all people, because he couldn't turn. He couldn't skate. And man, I just I look at Hedman and I'm like, can, can Toronto, I think Toronto can score with most teams, but the problem is the Tampa Bay lightning. It's hard to outscore the lightning, right? Like Kucherov and point and Steven Stamkos had a hundred points for the first time in his career. If there's one team that can do it though. It's the Leafs. Yeah. Well, or Florida. I think and yeah. Florida, but I'm saying in, in this first round, it's Florida or the Leafs and they got one of them. Like yeah. they, the Leafs have a shot to at least keep pace with, with the lightning and goals. Yeah. If fair, but do they have a shot to keep pace defensively? And that's where I think it, they fall short. Unfortunately, um, I think Tampa Bay, I have I have Tampa in six games. I think it's a close series, but I just think uh, the Tampa Bay, ultimately I like their goaltending defense better. I just think it'd be, if this team could finally slay the dragon in the first round to do it against the lightning, I think would really mean a lot. Oh, I don't discount that for sure. Right. Like there, you know, there's obviously, you know, I, Toronto's it's funny. They're the home team, but I haven't even looked at the line. Like if they're favorite, it's actually dead even. Yeah. So yeah, it's not one where like if Toronto wins, I'm not going to be shocked, but I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because there's a champ. I have a hard time always picking against a champion. Just when you, you know, you think that they're not going to be good and here they are like Tampa Bay looked to me like a team that at times in the regular season, Frank was kind of going through the motions a little bit. They definitely were. My question is they've shown the ability to flip the switch. I just, at some point you're not going to be able to anymore. Yeah, that's fair. And at some point, all the hockey you've played in the last couple of years is going to catch up to you. It, it just, it's a fact. Is it against the Leafs? Is it later? Is it next year? Who knows? It is my series to watch though in the East. It's the one I will be watching. The it's closest. appointment viewing yeah. for, for, for the drama if they lose and for the excitement if they win. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I think it will be, it'll be the most watched uh, series uh, in the, in the East. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, now let's move over to the, uh, to the Metro division. And uh, of course the, uh, the number one seed Carolina hurricanes, the Boston Bruins are now officially Frank uh, in the Metro division uh, in theory as, uh, as they cross over. And by the way, not a terrible place to be. No, not terrible. I, I still would like to say to the NHL, if it's four and four, can we just have teams in their own division? Much rather have Boston, Florida, Carolina, Washington, but that's just me. I don't, uh, I don't think one or two points should be that much of a difference maker. Nonetheless, um, here's my upset, Frank. I have the Boston Bruins upsetting the uh, Carolina hurricanes in seven. 
And because Freddie Anderson question marks and goal, that's, that's my thing. Goaltending man, like anti Ranta. I can't trust him to stay healthy, unfortunately. And maybe Freddie Anderson's ready. And if he is ready, well, that obviously, you know what? I could look like a fool, but um, you go into the playoffs with some concerns in goal. That, that to me opens up a window. The Boston Bruins have been a very good team, a much better team since they switched up and put Pasternak on the, on the line with Hall and Halla. And, you know, you have the, the Bergeron Marchand duo together with DeBrus. Their team's been much better. Uh, the Lindholm addition, I loved it at the deadline. I really think, and, and he didn't play a ton of games. Right. Because he got banged up. So, we know, we haven't seen Boston with all of their blue line guys together. I just I like their team. There's something about Carolina. I just I don't know why. I just I feel they're ripe for an upset. I have a hot take for you. This wouldn't be that much of an upset. Yeah, well, that's fair, too. Betting wise, it's they're almost dead even. Um, and and more than that, the models and everything else that you look at have this being pretty close too. you remember that stat we talked about. Yeah. You sat close, buddy. Oh, I've been looking you at that close percentage. These are the top two teams in the league over the last six weeks. So they've played pretty well by all, you know, sort of measures in that sense. Um, I have the hurricanes in seven. I also think it's going to be close, but I do think Freddie Anderson will be back at some point. My sense okay. is somewhere around game three. Okay. I think it's anti Ranta going in game one, but they aren't afraid to go with Peter Kochetkov in game one. If they need to, um, it's going to be really interesting. I just think the identity of the Canes, their depth is definitely better up front. They may not have the superstar, but they've, been in a bunch of playoff battles of late as have the Bruins. Um, and I think their defense is better than the Bruins. And I don't even think it's close. Yeah. Jacob Slavin and one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. Right? I, I think it's going to be interesting to see Hampus Lindholm at full health finally yeah. for the Bruins. Um, and to get a preview of that, what are they calling it in Boston? Hammer and Chuck. <laughs> Hampus Lindholm and, and Charlie McAvoy. That yeah, could be a nice. glimpse into the Bruins future. But I like that. I just think the Hurricanes are a deeper team. And if yep. they can get their goalie healthy, then I think they prevail. I look at the, uh, you know, the, the history of these two teams. And obviously it's very different when you go back to the Hartford Whalers days, but uh, you know, the Bruins and the Hurricanes have met, uh, what is it? Seven times since they've been in Carolina. So uh, I like, there's a little bit of history there, Frank. I, this I is like the third rivalries. time in the last four years, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yep. So um, I think there's going to be, you know, there's a little bit of auto automatic animosity uh, built in, which I like. I, I think this is actually going to be a sneaky, angry series because of that, right? Like you've got a lot of the guys, like there hasn't been a ton of turnover amongst the core on either group here. So you've got a lot of guys who have played against one another in the postseason in the last few years. I like that. I think it adds a little bit more animosity to start. Obviously, Brad Marchand can stir up the pot with the best of them. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I always, there's some series got to go seven. And you know what? Uh, I like this one. Uh, uh, it's just something about the Bruins lately. I don't know why. And Freddie Anderson, Frank, if he comes back, how healthy is he? Because if he's healthy, then you know what? If he was ready to start the series, I probably would have picked Carolina. But so that's, that's how close it is, but that's why I'm leaning towards the Bruins. And, um, you know, you look at, at like David Pasternak and, um, they, the, their power play can be good. And Patrice Bergeron, he, he can stifle anyone. If you want to go head to head, right? Like he, he can shut down a lot of lines and that's a big advantage. To be fair though, how healthy are the Bruins? I mean, Lindholm has missed a bunch of games. A bunch yeah. of guys have been out. Um, 
it seems like they're getting it together at the right time in terms of their health, but they've had some question marks along the way too. And, and not for nothing, but I'd imagine Jeremy Swayman is the guy in net. Yes. For game one. So yeah. how does he react in his yeah. first playoff environment? That's fair. Well, I look at Jack Campbell last year, first year in the playoffs. I know they lost the series, but people forget Campbell had a nine thirty four save percentage in that seven game series losses. So I think Swayman comes in, you know, to me, he was, the, he was obviously the best rookie goalie in the national hockey league this year. And uh, he, he seems to have a little bit of swagger for them that they like. And, but I wouldn't be stunned if, if Allmark gets in a game or two. It actually says, I'm just seeing here. I'm, I'm waiting to see what it ends up being. I'm seeing here just looking at Twitter while we're doing this live. Um, it says Omar confirmed game one starter. Oh, there you go. Well, maybe they're going with a little bit. Not that he has much, but he doesn't have much more experience at all. Come postseason. No. So that should be a fun series, man. I love seven gamers. So I uh, hope we both picked in seven. That's what we agreed on. We just disagreed on the winners. So yeah. I like it, which leaves us now to uh, one more series, the Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And honestly, of all four series, Frank, even though I picked Florida in five, this is the series I right now I'm most comfortable in uh, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins of all the 16 playoff teams. The uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the L.A. Kings have the worst records against other playoff teams. The Penguins this season were 14, 19 and six. They won 14 of 39 games against playoff teams. L.A. won 14 of 38 against uh, playoff bound teams. The two worst by far. And I just I look at Pittsburgh and the rain like Shesterkin. I know they got Crosby and Malkin. They got all, you know, Latang and everybody's like the last ride. And I understand that from an emotional standpoint. I just think the Rangers are very good um, and they haven't I, like there was a little dip there in March. But back in April again, they're the best defensive team in the league. I'm taking the Rangers uh, in this series. And I, and I think the, the Rangers really control this one kind of from start to finish. I'll pick them in six, but I won't be surprised if it's shorter. I have the Rangers in five and I agree with you. I, for the life of me, cannot understand why in some sports books, the New York Rangers are the underdog. Yeah. I don't get it. Like my mind is blown and I get that, you know, they may be relying on some statistical models that help shape the line. I understand that these two teams have matched up pretty evenly on, um, you know, paper in terms of some numbers, but I look at these lineups and I'm like, show me where it's close goal forward defense. Like I, I, I realize the penguins have experience and there may be some twinge of an emotional component to it, but the penguins have been absolutely running on fumes these last few weeks. They have shown no sign to me that they can be a competitive playoff team. And on top of that, there's also a lot of recent history when it comes to the playoffs that the Penguins, frankly, don't have the goods. So it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm talking the last couple of years, they've been out quickly for the most part. Where, what, what are they seeing that I'm not? That's what I kept asking myself this weekend. What am I, what am I missing here? Well, it, it, does the line though? Cause the line always changes because if there's a lot of betting on Pittsburgh, right. So then it'll switch. So maybe that's what I'm talking how they opened they, oh, okay. in some place. It was mostly even, but in some places, the Penguins opened as the favorite. Yeah, that's all. I don't understand it. Yeah. So you've got the know, best man. goalie in the world <laughs> starting off the series against Casey to Smith. 
I yes. think Tristan Jari is pushing and is trying to make his way back. But how healthy is he going to be? He's dealing with a, a fracture in his foot. I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't see the Penguins having the depth to compete. I really don't. No, I, I, I got to wonder if they're just looking at, at the, the play. And by the way, Chris Letang has had a sneaky, really good season. For yeah. The Pittsburgh Penguins he was like number five, six in my NARS. Yeah. Like sneaky good. Discussion. He, he was, uh, he's been excellent. And so, um, you know, you look, you've got Adam Fox, you've got Letang, and then you've got Panarin and Kreider and obviously Malkin and Crosby have the, the better resumes. There's no question about that, but you know, New York this season, and here's, here's my wild card in that series, Frank. Alexis Lafreniere. I don't know if you've seen his last few months of the season. He's starting to, he's starting to figure it out as a young player and big guy. I look at uh, Lafreniere. He's my, he's my, now I know when you score 19 goals, it's not going to be a shock that the guy is productive, but I think he's going to be a big time player for the Rangers this series. I, I just think all you need is one of those young guys. That's the best part. Yeah. One of him or Kako or someone else to step up and, and be the guy. Yeah. Just in a supporting role. Like you don't need a ton. And then how about, you know, it seems like Andrew cop is going to be healthy uh, for game one. Uh, Panarin, I believe is also healthy for game one. And cop has fit like a glove, man, 18 points in 16 games. Um, I know they got some bad luck um, when it came to Tyler Mott. Um, And it seems like he's going to be out a while, but Still, that cop pickup has been awesome. And and Frank Vetrano has been pretty good, too. Yes. Eight goals in 22 games. Like, Chris Drury did some sneaky good work at the deadline. No, the Rangers depth is the Rangers depth is very good. Like you've got a lot of experience on the Pittsburgh depth with Jeff Carter and Brian Boyle and stuff like that. But and I know that there's, you know, the, the cup resumes on Pittsburgh is infinitely longer, but uh, I think it's time for the Rangers. I think this is a, the start of a little bit of a run here over the next few years where the Rangers are going to be a, a top team, whether that results in a Stanley cup final appearance. We'll see. But let me, uh, I was going to say, let me give you this. I think the Rangers are going to the conference final this year. I just want to point out something, Frank, for dailyfaceoff.com. We had to do brackets. I hate brackets because so much can change in a series. I like, I like it, but I hate it because in the NHL injuries can play such a key role. And there are some teams that I picked to go like, there was a, like Boston, the Rangers who I had, um, I agonized. I actually sent Matt by accident twice with the wrong name. Cause I wasn't sure who I like to win that series and get to the conference final. So trust me because I picked Boston to upset. It doesn't, wouldn't surprise me at all. If the Rangers then, you know, defeated Boston. Uh, As I like round. to say, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I like it. So uh, we, we agree on the Rangers and the Panthers, and then we uh, disagree on the other two series. You have Toronto and Carolina. I have uh, Boston and Tampa Bay. So at some point, the Leafs are going to slay the dragon. They're going to get over their own demons. They just going with the odds, Frank. Uh, they're too good. They're too good not to. Okay. Well, hey, I'll say this: um, it'll be full marks for them if they if they uh, knock off the two-time defending champion. No one can say they locked yep. their way into the second round if that happens for sure. So uh, we'll split it up and let's get uh, Tyler Ramchuk for uh, fill in the blanks, and then we'll go to the Central and the Pacific. Yes, a special playoff edition of fill in the blank delivered by DoorDash. Promo code Rundown DD gets you twenty five percent off and no delivery fees on your first order. I got five loaded up for you. We can be pretty quick with them. Maybe go a little rapid fire style. But your first one, 
the series in either conference most likely to be a sweep is blank. Frank? Um, yes. Avalanche. Okay. Jason? Hmm. Nashville's sneaky good against playoff teams, by the way. But I'm going to go... Not without UC Soros. They're not. Oh, that's <laughs> true. That's a very true point. I am going to say... Hmm. The Rangers, Pittsburgh. Ooh, that's a spicy one. Uh, the series most likely to go seven games is blank, Jason. Oh, Boston, Carolina, for sure. Really? Okay. St. Louis, yeah, Minnesota. that's the other one. I like it. Uh, the answers I had written down, by the way, if anyone cares, most likely to be a sweep, I'd Calgary, Dallas. Uh, most likely to go seven, I have uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay as well. Yeah, I could, oh, I can see that too, man. Uh, third one, the series where the oak, uh, where the outcome is most dependent on goaltending is blank. Frank. Oilers Kings. Jason. I will say. Although Canes Bruins is a good one too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. I'm probably going with Canes and Bruins because there's question marks with, uh, with Freddie Anderson. And then, uh, you know, there's some inexperienced playoff guys uh, in Boston. That's fair enough. I'm going Edmonton LA as well. Like Mike Smith has been great. Mike Smith has also had, you know, kind of that eight, 10 game stretch where he was, I know he was hurt, but he wasn't great. Yeah. Quick was up and down as well. Mike Smith's been good for two years. People look, it's amazing how people will focus on five games over 56. It's phenomenal, especially when the five games were all based on injury. This one is a little bit different, but the team who has the most intimidating home crowd in the playoffs is blank. Jason. Oh, God. Um, that's a really good question. Um, There's a part of me and maybe this is just me tying it back to like the Toronto Boston series back in the day. But the Bruins, when they get rolling and that place gets rocking, at least on TV, it always feels intimidating. Yeah, you get a lot of mass holes there. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good term. And it's so accurate. That's what's great about it. Um, well, the Edmonton Orders, what are they? 13 0 and 1 in their last 14 home games. Like usually it's not it's, that it's, intimidating though. You, well, I'll say this, Frank. Edmonton's home rink used to be like a it was louder at the morgue sometimes yeah. in the regular season. Um, it's been really loud, but I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay's home crowd, the last year, they got the biggest rink, they got the loudest fans. Tampa Bay, when they get going, that crowd is into it now. Uh, their teams won twice, so uh, they're they're right on the bandwagon there. So I'll take Tampa. Uh, it's okay. It's good, but it's not great there. Um, I'll say Calgary, the Sea of Red, the Red Mile. Oh, that's let's, a good one. Going. Yeah, the something about the old barns, right? And the Saddle Dome is certainly that. When those get really going and get fully packed, they can get wild. Uh, I don't point- even think there's that many in contention for this. Like it, it might be Boston. It could like you could make the case for the Oilers. Other than that, like no I one's like intimidated Nashville's, by Denver. Uh, I like yeah. Nashville's crowd. Yeah, yeah that's, crowd. that's fair. Uh, wrapping it up with our points bet bonus question. We have a bracket challenge up with our friends at points bet Canada. I tweeted it out earlier today and I'm hitting the retweet button on it now from the daily face off accounts. You can go find it there. We have exclusive prizing for both Ontario and non-Ontario residents. There's cash up for grabs. There's tickets up for grabs. There's jerseys up for grabs as well. Uh, I'm going to share with you guys my favorite bet 
of the first round. And I want your thought on it. Over at PointsBet, you can bet on the top goal scorer for every single series. In Tampa Bay, Toronto, Matthews is the favorite at plus 225. Stamkos at plus 650. Braden Point at plus 700. And then Nikita Kucherov is nine to one to lead the series in goals. This is a guy who can very easily just rattle off like four or five over a three or four game stretch. I think Kucherov will lead the Tampa Bay Toronto series in goals. Agree or disagree with me. He also no one has scored more in the last month than Kucherov. Well, it's hard for me to disagree. And I, Matthews is unreal goal scorer. Unreal. So yeah, I'm still taking right Matthews there. anyway. I'll take, I'll take Kucherov because Tam, the difference is Tampa Bay's power play. And Kucherov, can, he can feast on the PP. He absolutely can. Um, yeah, I just nine to one odds on Kucherov. I saw that and I was just shaking my head the whole time. I was like, this is, this is a great spot. Nine to one. That's a crazy payout. And you mentioned uh, the power plays. Tampa Bay's power play in the last month of the season was second in the league. Toronto's PK 31st in the NHL in that span. Huh? You want my best, my best points bet bet for round one. Yep. New York Rangers minus one and a half wins in the series. So all they have to do is win the series in six or fewer games. And it's plus plus one fifty, I think plus one eighty. Plus one eighty. There you go. Frank and or Sarah Valley and your Amtrak giving you free money. That's going to be a wrap on another edition of fill in the blank delivered by. Yeah, our I know. Of I said, that's, isn't that the best part? All I said was. All you have to do is win the series in six or fewer. Yeah. All yeah that's all you do. have to do. That's it's it. not a big deal. You just got to win yeah. the series guys. This is great. Like easy peasy, lemon squeezy as my son likes to say. So, <laughs> Um, now let's get to the, uh, the central division. Um, of course, uh, the only division that had uh, five teams in the, uh, in the postseason. Dallas, uh, for, for today is now a, a Pacific division team, but we'll start the Nashville Predators had a four, nothing lead seven minutes into their final game of the season in Arizona. They lose five, four, and now have to play the Colorado Avalanche. Yikes. Frank, you mentioned uh, no UC Saros. Big Save Dave is going to have to be multiple Big Save Dave, I think, for the Or else it's going to be Connor Ingram pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah, There's not a very long leash on David Riddick to start the series. Okay, that's fair. Um, How how much does the absence, like, does UC Saros' absence say 0% for you in this series for Nashville? Yes. Maybe 1%. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not seeing it. I think they're so over. I mean, yes, they've had some great seasons from Matt Duchesne and, and uh, Mikhail Granlin has been excellent. And, and so has Philip Forsberg. I, I just think they're so over reliant in their style of play on Roman Yossi that if you can find a way to shut him down, it takes so much out of their game. And I know he does a lot of different things, but all like you can tell watching their game that they look for him so much that if you find a way to close him out or box him out, he's and make him a non-factor. I don't, I don't even think if they had sorrows, they have a chance to win the series. Well, it does illustrate how valuable that Roman Yost has been for that team. It's phenomenal what he's done um, offensively, just, you know, all the minutes he plays for them. Uh, I would agree with you, Frank. The other thing is Nathan McKinnon, is one of the few players who's a big time point producer in the regular season, 
but then go just amps it up because it, it's hard. Like if you're a 1.2 point per game player in the regular season, it's hard to be better in the postseason. But McKinnon's one of those rare guys who does it. And I think he's going to go scorched earth again uh, in this series. I won't be surprised if the guy, you know, we're sitting after four games, five games in the series and Nathan McKinnon has eight or nine points. It, it won't surprise me whatsoever. You know, Ranton and um, Kadri, you know, McCarr is healthy. Devin Taves now who's, who's missed like 16 regular season games. Um, uh, the, the one thing that Nashville has going for them is that they've played the top teams very well. They, they've had good success against Colorado this year. Um, they're a big physical team. Um, I, you know, that they're going to continue that style, but the, the injury of UC Saros to me makes it, uh, makes it much more difficult. I, I thought they might be able to, you know, to upset in, in a few, but uh, now I see him, I'll give them one game, but I'll say the abs in five. Hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I got abs in five. Um, I'm just not seeing a path for Nashville. Um, that stat is amazing. That game one will be the first game the entire season long that the abs have every player healthy. Yeah. And in their lineup. Yeah. Crazy. And you know, it was funny. I'm okay. So I'm not going to spoil it totally, but I, I don't have the abs getting out of the second round. Okay. Well, that's awesome. And, and so we'll, we'll talk our full bracket toward the end, but I, I was really torn. I'm in this um, playoff pool with a bunch of other media people. And I had the, I they, we do a random lottery and I, I got the number one overall pick and I didn't really know what to do. Cause I don't know how deep the abs are going to go, but I took McKinnon anyway, for the reason that you mentioned, um, just that he's the rare guy that somehow finds a way to transform his game and get to the next level when it's harder than ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, that's really good on who you would take number one overall in playoff pools this year. I like that. We might have to get into that. Um, let's now go to what I believe is easily the most difficult series to pick in the West. No question in my mind. Uh, not much separates the St. Louis blues and the Minnesota wild. Both teams have been absolutely on fire heading into this, into the, uh, the stretch here. Uh, Minnesota ends up uh, with home ice advantage. And, and ultimately, Frank, that to me was the deciding factor. I, I looked at so many numbers here. I, we might see all four goalies in this series and not because a goalie plays poorly per se. Is I just think both teams like their goaltenders and, you know, Flurry, Talbot, you got Huso. Of course, you know, he's got no playoff experience. You got Bennington. And so maybe St. Louis says, hey, he can turn back the clock uh, a little bit for us. Um, the Blues, they rely a lot on Colton Pareko. Justin Falk has had a sneaky good offensive season. He doesn't play a ton of hard minutes, but uh, when he's on the ice, he's he's very effective in, in certain matchups. But man, Minnesota, the additions they made at the deadline, Bill Garrett, they are a tough team. They're physical. They're deep. Now, the only thing is I haven't seen an update on Felino. He's in. He, he's, he's in. Okay. He's good so, to go. That's well, he's well, in now. He practiced on Sunday. So there was a mild surprise and it seemed, you know, Dean Evison said, if he's good to go, he's in. So yeah. if wow. you're practicing Sunday, you're probably in. Cause he has, he's, he just brings a lot of energy. That, that line is awesome. Oh man. There's so many players on both those teams that I really like. I'm going to Greenway, take, Erickson, Eck, Felino. Oh, that's a monster line. And you throw in Nick Delorier, who's been a really good addition to that team. Jacob um, Middleton on the back end. Is oh, good. Big physical. I love that. I think this is, this is going to be the old Chuck Norris division 
Frank, it was just back in the black and blue division. Remember the Norse division when you had St. Louis, Chicago and Toronto? God, they just used to beat the hell out of each other. It was awesome. Uh, I think this is going to be a physical hard series, but I'm taking the wild in seven. I am also taking the Minnesota wild and I have them in seven and I have the Minnesota wild going on to win the Stanley cup. Oh, bold. I old. It is. And it isn't like they were the fifth best team in the league this year. Yes. Uh, they've been the second hottest team since the trade deadline. And I just think they're big, heavy up front. They're maybe missing a little bit of that on their back end, but they're pretty mobile. And I think their goalie situation, you can't go wrong with either guy in net cam Talbot or Mark Andre Fleury. I think they've got a little bit of swagger to them. And when they play with their identity, I think they're a really tough out. And I think that they beat the blues in round one and obviously give the abs all they can handle and more in round two. Yeah. You know what? The, but I, I in saying that this is why it's a bold pick is that they may not win the first round series. Yeah. It's very possible. You're right. Like they're, they're not a heavy favorite by any stretch. Of the it's a disastrous bracket. <laughs> that that's the potential at least that it's just a you can just throw it out after the first five or six games well i'll say this about the wild because of their their cap penalties and dead cap space the next few years i really hope for their fans sake they have a deep run because they're they're going to be playing with a big handicap the next few years when you got 14 and or 14 and 12 million dollars in dead cap space like that's really hard to overcome you're going to have to have some of the best bargain deals in the league to compete with top end teams and so you know what uh, i think bill garen kind of recognized that a little bit and that's why he uh, he loaded up at the deadline i like the wild team frank and they got two really good goaltenders we might maybe we see you know a pittsburgh version of the wild this year where you got flurry and talbot like you had flurry and murray uh in 16 and 17 um so any team that wins 22 out of their last 25 games oh yeah heading down the stretch like you're doing something right and minnesota is very good against playoff teams frank like to me i look at the team's records like it's funny um all these teams who are in the playoffs have very good records against the non-playoff teams Right. Like some of them dominant or like like the L.A. Kings to me are the biggest. The reason the L.A. Kings are in the playoffs, they won 30 of 44 games against non-playoff teams. They went 37 and seven against the knock against the Pacific. But, was that but again, just but it's not just in. it's not just Pacific teams though because it's L.A. was L.A. got like L.A. was dominant against the non-playoff teams across the league. Right. But uh, you look at um, like, look at Dallas. Dallas was 26, 13 and four against non-playoff teams. L.A. was you have five non-playoff teams in your own division. Yeah. It's the only division in the league that only has three teams in. Yeah. But still there's but count the other. So there's still how many non-playoff teams in the other divisions? 16 or sorry, 12. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you have a built-in advantage in your schedule in that you play your division teams more than you play your conference teams and the non-conference teams, which means if you beat in that division the non-playoff teams, you're going to get in. Yeah, well, I was looking at, uh, you know, you look at St. Louis, Minnesota, but L.A., the reason I don't like the Kings in the playoffs, they haven't been good against any playoff teams around the league. They've only won 14 of 38 games against playoff teams. And, uh, and that's why I think they, I, I see the easiest series is uh, well, we won't do it next. We'll do it last, but let's go to Calgary and, uh, and Dallas, which I think we can all agree, Frank, 
the most disappointing thing about the Arizona beating Nashville was it robbed us of a Nashville Calgary playoff series, because I don't know if you saw their final regular season meeting. It yeah. was electric physical goals. And obviously Soros got injured, but if Soros was healthy, that's you the thing Soros- is it took once Soros went out, it took the wind out of the sails for me. They yeah. played each other twice in the final two weeks and the both games were epic. Yeah. And it would, awesome. have, would have been an awesome playoff series that I think the Preds had a real chance to win. Yeah. But I still think it would have like the physicality still was going to be there, even if Saros wasn't in goal. Right. And now like, I think Calgary is going to walk all over Dallas. I think Dallas is mentally spent. I think they have nothing left. That collapse that they had against the coyotes. And I know they, the Preds experienced the same thing one night later. No bueno. No bueno. I, I just, I don't, I don't see it for the stars. They've got one line. I don't know that you can even make the argument that they're a two line team. I like their back end and I like Jake Ottinger, but I just, I don't know that any one of those things are enough to overcome a pretty well-rounded Calgary team. No, I'm taking the flames in five. I got the flames in five as well. Yeah. Like I, I could just- see that being a sweep. I don't, there's not my, and no offense, Dallas fans. I just, there, there's not a matchup where I look and say, okay, here's a big advantage for Dallas. Like I just, I, I don't see it right. The, the only, you know, them and the flames did win the same amount of games against playoff teams. They each won 20. The difference was the flames lost seven in overtime slash shootouts. Right. So they got the extra points out of it. But uh, Dallas, I like, I really like Jason Robertson, man. Like he, he, you know, the, the only way Dallas can win Robertson is Robertson hints Pavelski. It's a great yeah. line. I yeah. just, it's their only line. That's the problem. But they're going to like, I wonder, will they go head to head against the flames top line or not? But I think the only way Dallas can succeed is if they find a way to take Johnny Gaudreau out of the series. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, I, I guess just, uh, I don't, I, I just think the flames have a chance, even if Johnny Gaudreau is a non-factor. I just think they're that deep. They're going to get the contributions from the Toffoli group. And, you know, I'd imagine at some point Callie Yarncroke is going to poke his head through with the flames and get it together. And, you know, their back end has been productive. Like how many people know that Rasmus Anderson had a 50 point season on the blue line. Shillington was really good. They've got stout defense in Zadaroff and good Branson. Markstrom has been ridiculous. Like I, I think even if Johnny Gaudreau doesn't score, the Flames win that series. Okay. Now let's get to the LA Kings and the Oilers. Who do you like? I like the Oilers in six. Um, I, you know, I, there was some chatter or conversation over the last few days saying that the Kings may be one team that could pull off an upset in round one. I, I personally don't see it, not without Drew Doughty. Um, it'll be really interesting to watch the matchup game you know, who gets the bulk of the McDavid assignment? Is it Kopitar or is it Dano? Um, we talked all season long about how Dano would free up Kopitar. How do you view it? Do you, do you put the Selkie winner in, in Kopitar on McDavid's line and then say, okay, Dano, it's you, it's up to you to help produce offense. Or do you do it the other way around? put the no on him and then say Kopitar go out and, and try and score as much as you can. 
Well, Kopitar is going to go up against Drysaddle, so um, you know that, that that's the advantage Edmonton has is they've got the best one-two center punch in the NHL, and. Right now, you have Evander Kane and Connor McDavid who are lighting everything up. The Edmonton Order, since Jay Woodcroft took over, Frank, the only team with a better record than the Order is the Florida Panthers. The Orders and the Flames are tied with uh, with seven. You know, they're they're twenty. Uh, they've each played thirty eight games. Edmonton's one twenty six. Calgary's one twenty five. Calgary has two OT losses. Edmonton has three. They have the same amount of points. They have the same points percentage. It's only the Florida Panthers that are better than them. Um, you look at the Orders. The big thing where the Orders have struggled for years was five on five goals against. And Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson have come in. The players have bought in. The orders, goals against, their top five in goals for and top five in goals against since Woodcroft took over. Honestly, you mentioned Drew Doughty, and that's the key. Um, the, the orders and, and Kings have met three times in the last few months with Woodcroft. Edmonton's 3-0 and in those games. They've scored five goals, or sorry, 14 goals in three games. I just, I don't see how the LA Kings can shut down the Edmonton orders. And the other thing is the Edmonton orders come in. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse, who's going to be healthy he'll play in game one they're still pissed off from what happened last year in winnipeg where i thought the orders were they orders beat themselves as much as winnipeg beat them if you go back and look at how many untimely unforced errors the orders made that led directly to goals they lost three games in overtime two of them on bad giveaways um i think the orders i think they dominate this series against la and i think la's defense gets really exposed and the orders win in five See, the only thing that gives me pause is exactly what you just said about the Oilers beating themselves. Like, don't you have to allow for that possibility to happen again? No, nah, they haven't done it in three months. Like, they look like a more, they've learned from it, right? Like, they. Three months, though, that's not like three years. It just, yeah, that's all you can do. I, I can only I'm not gauge, saying that. I, I, I can only, I'm with you. I think the Oilers win the series. I just. I, I think it's fair to have questions about what Oiler team we see. Yeah. Different coach. Right. And keep in mind, Kane, Fogle, Hyman, their three left wingers weren't on the team last year in the playoffs. Duncan Keith wasn't on the team. Cody Cece wasn't on the team. Brett Kulak. Like those are six of, you know, your top probably 12 guys in ice time. That's a significant difference to your team. Right. Yeah. Um, th- there's tons of playoffs experience with Keith. Brett Kulak went to the Stanley Cup final last year. Um, I just think Edmonton's a very different team. And um, L.A. was L.A.'s of all the first round. I think Pittsburgh and L.A. were the two teams that if I was an opposing playoff team, I'd want to meet in the first round. And I think the Rangers and Edmonton probably got the two easiest ones. Dallas and Calgary is probably a close second slash third as far as easy first round matchups. I just think this is a favorable matchup for Edmonton. And if Drew Doughty's in Frank, that makes a big difference because he adds so much fire to that LA Kings team that, uh, that it might alter things, but I, I don't see it. I think Edmonton really controls this series and all the numbers that I've seen under Woodcroft, their, their penalty kill, their power play, their five on five play. The, the order is just, you know, they, they don't beat, they don't beat themselves anymore. At least they have it under Woodcroft. And there's a real, there's a different aura around that team. Woodcroft has come in. Um, he seems to communicate better. There's so many players that just like how he, he's he's found ways, even though the minutes haven't changed, like his depth guys don't play any more minutes than the depth guys under Dave Tippett, but they all seem to be liking it more. It's a weird thing. I can't understand why, because the minutes played aren't any different, but he's convinced the guys that they're more valuable to the team. So, okay. So we got a couple minutes left in the pod. Let's run through our brackets. So we'll go backwards now. 
We'll start with the Battle of Alberta then, since we both have the Oilers and Flames advancing. Yeah. See, I picked picked Calgary in seven in my bracket, and I was already questioned the minute I I could easily see that going either way. Um, And uh, then I have Colorado and Minnesota. So I have have Calgary and Colorado in the West Conference Final. Okay. I have the Flames in six, and I have the Wild knocking off the Abs in seven. Nice. Uh, I had abs and abs and six flames and seven. Okay. So let's move to the East. We've got, we were in consensus that the Rangers will face off against the, you have the Bruins. I have the hurricanes. Yeah. Who you got? I have, um, the Florida rain. I have a Florida, uh, beats Tampa and six and, um, the Rangers beat, um, Boston in six or no, sorry. Boston beats the Rangers. And then I have Florida over uh, Boston in the final. Okay. I have the Panthers beating the Leafs in seven and the Rangers beating the hurricanes in six. So that sets up a conference final for me of Rangers Panthers. And I have the Panthers advancing to the Stanley cup final for the first time since 1996 in five games. What do you have in your East final. I have uh, the, uh, the Panthers um, taking on the uh, Boston Bruins and I have, or sorry, the Rangers. No, the Bruins. God, the Bruins. See, I got my picks mixed Which, up. What make I said up your mind. I'm making up two emails here. I'm looking at my emails to Matt Larkin when I had to send in my bracket and I had the Panthers winning in six. And then I have the Panthers uh, beating Colorado in, uh, in seven games in the Stanley cup final. Okay. So I've got the Panthers and wild going head to head in the final. I've got, uh, the wild winning the wild in six. And I've got, it's, we're going to call this cup final, the Mike Russo bowl. I was just going to say that he covered Minnesota and Florida has worlds colliding Two like expansion teams in the last 30 years. Interesting. Hey, anything's happened, man. We've seen it every year. There's all, no one thought the Montreal Canadiens were getting the Stanley cup final. I never, I never mock anyone's bracket because honestly, no one knows. That's why it's fun. That's the best part. And I feel like this year more than ever, I see more chalk picks and I'm like, why is that? We know every year there's something wacky that no one sees coming. Why, why do you not have any upsets in your bracket? Uh, I don't have a ton. Um, I have Boston. I don't mean you. I just mean the uh, general public. I've seen no. all these, these brackets coming out. I'm like, we know every year there's something absolutely kooky. Why not? Like, so, why okay, not I'll ask off you the one, board? I'll ask you one question. Dallas, Nashville, LA, Pittsburgh, which team, if you had to pick one, can upset? It's, um, if I had to pick one, it would be LA. Okay. All right. I, think, I just, uh, there's some, I just have a weird feeling about that. I still, I think the Oilers win, but I'm wondering if it's going to be a lot closer than we imagine. Okay. I, I actually, I think, I think Edmonton really controls that series. And, but I, but I would, I will admit very openly that I am, I really want a battle of Alberta. Uh, there hasn't been one in 31 years, Frank. Like I'm you watching my bullets. Yeah. You watch the I'm rivalry not going games. anywhere in the first round. Cause I'm saying we're going to have a battle of Alberta in the second round. And I want to be at all seven games. Yeah. Well, uh, I will be. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Like I love rivalry games. Like that's why I would have loved to see Toronto Boston again. Like that's I, like, if you would have had Tampa, Florida and Toronto Boston, the first round, that'd have been unreal. Would have yeah, loved it. 
none of these first round matchups, like really from a rivalry perspective are like, there's going to be good series, but none of them really put it over the top where I was like, you know what I got, we got to be there. We got to get that. Boston and Carolina in their recent history might be that, that one. I just, just based on that, the fun of the first round, I can't wait. is just parking your ass on the couch and flipping oh, back and forth. I love it. So, all uh, night yeah. long for two weeks. Hydrate folks. Have a lot of water. Get some chips, Frank. Uh, have you had the spicy ketchup chips yet? They just came out. They're so good. Miss Vicky's. Oh, unbelievable. Game changer, Frank. Right. Oh, and by the way, do you have an air fryer? I do. We bought an air fryer last week. I did steak on the air fryer. Yeah. It's one of the greatest steaks I've ever That's had. That's actually how I cook my steaks. Yeah. And we did chicken. I've never, like, usually I would buy box chicken wings or whatever. We bought just fresh chicken wing, spiced them all up ourselves, put them in last night. Unbelievable. And there's no, we you know there's no, they're not deep fried. So they're yep. healthier for you. I, I, it's, I'm not a big kitchen gadget guy, but I'm telling you the air fryer is an absolute game changer. I have one of those ninjas and I, yes, that's actually how I cook my steak. I don't own a grill. I cook no. my steaks on that chicken. Have you done chicken on it? I have. Yeah. I've done everything. Okay. It's well, all, everything's good. I just got it, man. I'm just like, the best like part is new- you just throw it on there, yeah. you know, not to use the old set it and forget it, but you close the lid, you use the little meat stick, the temperature thing. Yes. It literally tells you when it's done. I know. Yeah. It's idiot. All you do is like, take it off. Yeah. I'm like the chefs must hate it because a moron like me can make a good steak now. <laughs> uh, Frankie, have yourself an awesome week. Uh, we'll talk to you on Friday where I'm sure there'll be a few series that already are going the way we didn't think, which will make it fun. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Cervalli and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, 
hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.